Good morning, Embrace. Welcome to church. I'm Laban. I'm back here on the piano, if you can see me. I'm kind of like, I'm hiding from you today. I'm just feeling shy. Um, but yeah, welcome. Welcome to Embrace. Um, I don't know about you. I have had a very busy couple weeks, kind of a stressful couple weeks, and I'm guessing there's some people here that might relate with that a little bit. If you don't relate with that, congratulations. Um, but if you do relate with it, uh, yeah, hopefully this morning can be a, a time to rest a little bit, a time to just be here, just be for a, for a little bit. Try to not uh, project ahead of what's coming this week. Try not to dwell on what happened, but try to be here with people of God, with the Spirit of God in this place. And yes, I'm so glad we get to join together in worship I invite you to stand. Let's sing a few songs. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. There you go, lifting my load again. Let's sing that again together. Take a moment. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. There you go, lifting my load again. And no longer am I held by the yoke of this world. Come up under the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy, His burden is so light. No longer am I held by the yoke of this world. Come up under the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy, His burden is so light. Yoke is easy, his burden is so light. Yoke is easy, his burden is so light. His burden is so light. His burden is so light. You're lifting my load. You're lifting my load. You're lifting my load, you're lifting my load. 
You're lifting my load. You're lifting my load. You're lifting my load. You're lifting my load. And no longer am I held by the yoke of this world. Come up under the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy, his burden is so light. No longer am I held by the yoke of this world. Come up under the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy, his burden is so light. Yoke is easy, his burden is so light. Yoke is easy, his burden is so light. Your love carries, your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places. Your love carries, your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places. In your love carries your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places your love carries your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places your love carries your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places and the darkest places to your arms, I'm running to your arms, 
the riches of your love will always be enough and nothing compares to your embrace the light of the world forever And you are more, you are more than my words could ever say. You are Lord, you are Lord, and all creation will proclaim that you are here, you are here. In your presence I made whole. You are God, you are God, and of all else I'm letting go. of your love will always be enough and nothing compares to your embrace the light of the world forever my heart will sing and no other name, Jesus, and Jesus, my heart will sing. And no other name, Jesus, Jesus, my heart will sing. No other name. Jesus, Jesus, my heart will sing no other name. Jesus, Jesus, and oh, I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. And nothing compares to your embrace. The light of the world forever And nothing compares to your embrace light of the world forever God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. 
bow our hearts, we bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh, Lord, we cast down our idols. So give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. And give us clean hands. And give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. And let us not lift our souls to another. We bow our hearts. We bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh, Lord, we cast down our idols. So give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. And oh God, let us be a generation that seeks. It seeks your face. Oh, God of Jacob, oh, God, let us be a generation that seeks, it seeks your face, oh, God of Jacob. And give us clean hands, and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another and give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. We bow our hearts. We bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. Sing that again. We bow our hearts. We bend our knees. Make us humble. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. Wonderful singing with you all this morning. You can have a seat if you'd like. Um, we're going to take, take some time now for our gratitude and lament time. So this is a, a time, one, where you can uh, turn to someone near you, and uh, maybe it's someone you know, maybe you can make a friend, but um, for those of us that might be uh, reserved and don't just love talking to new people, this is a good time to stretch yourself a little bit, because I guarantee you there's someone out there that would like to meet someone else 
And uh, yeah, it's just a good communal thing to do together in this space. And if you're online with us, um, take some time and feel free to share either a gratitude, something you're thankful for, or a lament, just saying something that just doesn't seem right. Maybe you've experienced this week, um, maybe something you've seen. Um, But yeah, let's take a few moments just to share with one another or type some comments online and we will gather back in just a couple minutes.
there was a car that was the same car that my roommate Caroline had. So on more than one occasion, I would see it and go, and then it was not her. Oh, no. Turned mine that way, so. Take maybe another 30 seconds and try to turn back towards the front. All right, well, thank you all so much for sharing together this morning with your gratitude and lament. It's one of my favorite parts of our service together. And I'm going to take just a moment to share some of the ones that were um, given online because we are one community, those of us here in the room and those online as well. So I just want to make sure that we recognize some of those too. Um, so this morning, Jeff Musgrave is lamenting car trouble that kept him and Kara from joining in person, but they're grateful they're safe and able to join online. Missing you guys, but glad you're able to join us this way too. Paige Commodore is thankful for a safe medical procedure this week and also glad to be able to worship from home, lamenting, as always, gun violence. Unfortunately, that is a continual lament. Let's see. I think Kalia is on here joining us. She's praising finding a new church home in her uh, new home of New Orleans. Kalia just recently moved to New Orleans, yeah, and lamenting not being able to be with us in person. Well, you're part of the family no matter where you go, right? That's what this place is. All right, so again, you guys can always go back and look at the stream if you want to check out what folks are sharing on there just to stay connected. That's a great way to do it. 
Um, thank you all for the conversations you had together this morning. I encourage you to continue them afterwards. If you are new in this community, welcome. So grateful you have chosen to come and worship the Lord here with us this morning at Embrace. And if you are new, I would love to meet you myself. Um, my name is Christina, and I'm one of our associate pastors here. Um, and I just love this place. It's such a gift to be here, and I hope that you can experience some of that too. Um, if you are new or have not shared your information with us, you can do that via a Connect card. These are in your pew, the bright blue card. And you can let us know if you want to be on our email list. We send announcements weekly, but we don't flood your email with too much stuff, promise. Um, and then you can also let us know on the back if you would like to meet with a pastor or leader or learn more about volunteering or meet more people or small groups. There's so many great options on this card. And you can also fill out a prayer request. We believe very strongly here in the power of prayer. And we have a prayer team that keeps these requests confidential but lifts them up every single week. And so if you have come here this morning carrying something really heavy or also wanting to celebrate something um, in community, whatever it is you're carrying, you don't have to carry it alone. That's what we believe here, that we're meant to bear one another's burdens, and prayer is one of the main ways that we are able to do that. So if you want to fill that out this morning, you can, or you can always email prayer at embraceyourcity.com. And Pastor Tanya checks those and shares it with the prayer team. Um, so those are great ways to get in contact with us. If you fill out a Connect card or want to give a physical offering this morning, there's a box at the back of the sanctuary and also one to the door over here. Um, so you can place either of those items in there. You can also always give online at embraceyourcity.com slash give. So I'll remind you to pick up announcement handouts when you come in. They're at the welcome tables. You can also get it on your way out, friends, if you forgot on your way in. But that keeps you abreast of what is going on here, and it helps us not have to say too much up here in the middle of the service. But I do want to go ahead and feature today, because we haven't talked about it in a while. We're going to be doing part three of our kind of year through the Bible. We've been doing a year with Jesus in our sermon series, but we've also had three different classes this year helping us to dive deeper into Scripture. And so part three is study of the Bible. And so it is going to teach some tools and methods for actually getting into Scripture and figuring out what it says and not just like opening to a random page and trying to get something out of it, right? So a lot of us have never been taught. A lot of us want to know what it looks like to study scripture and don't have the tools. And so we're going to learn them together in community. And I think it's going to be really fun. We met as a teaching team this morning, and I'm so excited about the things that we're going to cover together. We're going to crack open our Bibles every week and workshop the stuff that we're learning. So you're not just going to sit and receive lectures. We're going to actually practice together. And guys, there is so much in scripture to find. And it changes all the time because the Holy Spirit brings it to life when we come to it on our own or when we come to it together. And so I'm just excited for us to all be able to access it for ourselves. So plug in that class. It starts on the 18th, I think, of September, whatever that Sunday is. Yep, 918. Um, and it goes for five weeks, though we're taking one off in the middle for Fayette County fall break. Um, so if you have any questions about that, feel free to let me know. We will have a sign-up sheet in the next few weeks so that you can let us know you're interested. Um, but be planning on that. It will be a really great experience before church at 9 a.m. I also will remind you, Dan, is there a question? Yeah, we're getting really good at Zoom now, so I think we'll probably also do a Zoom version and push the record button so we can save the Zoom version. 
it's been a work in progress, y'all. But I think we can do that for sure. Um, so thank you for that question. I'll just remind you that we have not had Wonder Room in August. We're getting really close to bringing Wonder Room back. Um, and actually, the Wonder Room volunteers are meeting together after lunch today, which I'm really excited about. So let's just cheer for them. We cheer for the kids a lot, but let's cheer for the volunteers. Yes. Awesome. Um, but there are activities available in the back of the sanctuary, even though we're not dismissing to Wonder Room today. So I see we've already found some. There's also coloring for all ages if you're interested. So there's coloring to my left, and then there's activities to the right. But if you need something, go back there and find it whenever you need it. For now, we're going to continue in worship together with our um, worship team. And afterwards, we get to hear the word this morning from um, Rick Bard. He's going to come and share with us. So I invite you just to take this song and this moment just to prepare your heart and to be open to whatever the Lord might want to do in you and through you today. And I will wait to see the day of your vine of your vine will you take to the hands of thine this heart of mine this heart of mine There is a vineyard of the Lord, there is a vineyard for us all. With all our troubles left behind the door, we drink first light until the dawn. There is love, there is love in the Lord. for us all. We are all pillars in the storms of His love and His mercy. There is love. There is love in the Lord. There is love. There
let me drink you in. Oh, let me drink you in. Oh, let me drink you in. Oh, let me drink you in. There is a vineyard of the Lord. There is a vineyard for us all. He's burning up the clouds without remorse. Yeah, the burnt forest coming. There is love. There is love in the Lord. And there is love. And there is love in the Lord. It's green. Oh, there it is. All right. We're off to a rousing start right there on the sermon today. Woo! Let's thank the praise team for leading us. Thank you all. Appreciate that so much. Hey, it's an, uh, an honor to be with you today. Uh, this is my home church and has been our home church, my wife and I, for uh, over a year or so. And uh, this is my second time to be up front to preach. I thought at one point I had retired from this, but I'm back. And uh, I'm glad you're here, and I'm honored to, uh, to be in this place and try to share some things that uh, I think really reflect what, we're try- what we are doing and what we hope to continue to be as the people of God uh, here at Embrace. So we're, we're in a series all through the book of Luke, all year we've been in Luke. And I, I've learned one thing. I, when I think about what disciple would I most like to have like, hung out with, and, you know, Peter was sort of brash and hardcore, and I, yeah, I don't know about that, although it'd been fun watching him get humbled, I don't know, it might not have been good. Uh, but I think it's Luke now, I, I, because I've spent a lot of time, and we're spending that time each uh, morning, each Sunday morning. And so this morning, I want to read a passage to you uh, that comes from Luke chapter 14. We're going to read verse 1, and then start in 7 and go through 14, because there's an intermittent story that kind of kind of, we don't, we don't really, doesn't really fit in the parable. We're focused on a parable this morning. And the goal of a parable, Jesus used a lot of them, something like 49 in Scripture. Luke has 16 that are unique to Luke. And Luke has some of the ones we remember most, like uh, the prodigal son uh, and uh, the Good Samaritan. So uh, stories were what Jesus told. And so this morning I'm going to do a little setup, and then I'm going to tell a couple stories that I think can help us really get our hearts and minds around what I think the Scripture is trying to say to us today. But we begin in Luke 14. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being watched carefully. When he noticed how guests picked the place of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowliest place, so that when your host comes, 
He will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to the host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brother, your sister, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may, they may invite you back so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the cripple, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for your presence with us always. Uh, We thank you for the opportunity to worship, that God, you created this so we could be renewed and strengthened and challenged. And we do that as we truly open our hearts to you. So in this moment, Lord, uh, we just open our hearts and minds to what you would say to us through your Holy Spirit, because you are the only one who really knows us and calls us to be what you want us to be, each of us, uniquely designed as we are. I ask that you would speak to each of us in some way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, The parable that we just read is one of Luke's big themes. It is Jesus at the table sharing life with people. I mean, I don't know if Jesus was just hungry all the time or it was just like, I mean, mean, this this is all the way through his gospel in a number of places. Luke contains more stories of of Jesus at the table with people than the other three Gospels. Jesus was popular, and people wanted to be near him. And the reason is, Jesus didn't stand afar. Jesus moved among people. Most of his ministry is spent, he's going along the way, and somebody speaks up, or somebody asks a question, or he's at an event, and then Jesus teaches. It wasn't like, you know, Jesus had a promoter, and they'd rent out the uh, Holy Land Coliseum, and then the Jerusalem ticket masters would, would sell tickets. It didn't work that way. Jesus moved among people. That's why he knows human nature. That's why he knows us better than we even know ourselves. He spent time with people. And at the table is important because think about it. So many of our celebrations, uh, not just among church people, although the church is really good at this, we have a major celebration. What's one of the things we always have? We have food. That's right. We have chicken tenders, basically. But anyway, and green beans or maybe ham. Anyway, we have food. That's exactly right. I want you to see in in Luke's gospel how important this is. First of all, in Luke 5, we read this. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at the tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. So in 14.1, which I read for you, Jesus is with a prominent religious figure, a Pharisee. Now he's with a tax collector. In their culture, a tax collector, they were, they were hated. Uh, they were the IRS. Not that we all hate the IRS. But they were hated because they collected what was owed to the government that they were going to pass to the government, but they skimmed off the top, and they kept part for themselves. And so, in essence, you know, Jesus now is hanging out with the mafia of the day, you know? I mean, thank you for that. Thank you. I had laugh right here. No, I didn't. So, so there's all kinds, all kinds of people. That's chapter 5. Now let's go to the very last chapter of Luke. 
And it's the story of Jesus. He has been crucified, resurrected. He's on the road to Emmaus, a town. And there are two people walking along, and um, they're sad. They're grieving over what took place. And all of a sudden, the stranger starts walking with them, and they don't recognize who the stranger is. Somehow, you know, it's Jesus in his resurrected body, and there's a lot of mystery here, and they don't recognize him. Maybe it was their grief, among other things. And uh, Jesus says to them, I love this. Like, he already knows what they've been talking about. He's Jesus, right? He says to them, what have you all been talking about? And they said, oh, you, you don't know? And they explain to Jesus everything that's happened to Jesus. Interesting. And then they get to where they're going, and, um, and they're, they're getting ready to, you know, you know, they're getting ready to stop and spend the night or whatever into their home, whatever it was. They know they stopped their journey. And Jesus was going to keep on going, except they invited him back. They said, oh, don't leave. Stay with us. Still, they do not know it's Jesus. And then I want to read to you these two verses from chapter 24, uh, 30 and 31 of Luke. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to them, and suddenly their eyes were opened. What do you think of when you hear he took the bread, he blessed, he broke it, he gave it to them? What's that sound like? Communion, right. What we're going to do at the end of this service today, which we do every week, we come to the table. In the early church, they took this idea of being at the table and, and lived it out the way Jesus had presented it. That the sacred is not separated um, from the ordinary. They're together. That somehow sharing food is a, is a special thing. It draws us closer together. Something sacred is happening. And so the, the thought is, every time we have a meal, it can be thought of as Christ present with us. Now, Christ is always present, but... There's something about being at the table with other people. That's why for any significant celebration, there's food. It does something for us that we can't fully describe. And so we go to chapter 14, our text. So we're at 5, we're at 24. Right in the middle of that is the story we're reading today. And it's a reminder to us that sharing in life, it's the ordinary things. It's the ordinary day. It's the ordinary life that we have that Christ is constantly breaking in on. We don't have to be in a special place. Christ is there and at work in our lives, in our families, in our hurts, in our sorrows, in our wins, in our losses. The pandemic has been hard for a lot of reasons, and we could name some of those. But you know, I think one of the toughest has been, early on anyway, we, we weren't able to gather in community for celebrations of, of any sort, really, when it was really intense, and, and we weren't able to eat together. Um, Saturday, a week ago, our neighborhood, the neighborhood we live in here in Lexington, we've been here since 2019, so we sort of moved in, and we have several neighborhood events, um, you know, throughout the year, but we weren't doing any of those, and so we didn't do the annual picnic. But Saturday, a week ago, we got to do the annual picnic, and I'm telling you what, I didn't think I was all that big on going to a potluck because I've been to so many. I'm, I spent 40 years as a pastor, okay? Yeah, you don't stay thin doing that. Since I retired, I had to lose some weight, basically. But anyway, um, I, it, it, just, it just struck me how 
joyous it was just to be together and share a meal. And I mean, we had a tremendous meal. Uh, we had kids there with balloons. It was, a, it was, a, it was ordinary, but it, to me it was life-giving. And it wasn't just life-giving for the extroverts. I think even the introverts were excited. And after it was over, we were getting ready to leave. It's about 8 o'clock. A neighbor that I didn't know, my wife knew uh, the wife that invited us, uh, Jane, said, why don't you all come over to our house uh, out on the back deck? And they invited about 10 other people and 12 of us. Now listen, I'm not going to tell you I go to bed early, but I I go to bed kind of early. I was walking home at 11.45 at night. Oh, yeah, my 88-year-old mother who lives with us was like, where you been? <laughs> the other thing that's major for Luke is this idea of lifting up the lowly. And, and these go together. Again, Jesus works in the flow of people's lives. Whatever. Whatever is in the flow of your life this morning. Whether you're low or you're excited because something great has happened that's worth celebrating. Whether it's just like doing life day after day and it's kind of a rut, whatever it is, you're not alone in that. Christ is at work as His follower. He's doing something in you, in us, at all times. And I think that's so clear in Scripture. And so Luke's other theme is this. I want us to read this. Uh, can you put uh, verse 152 on the screen? I think it might be. There it is right there. Let's read this together. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. In chapter 1 of Luke, the very beginning, right? This is Mary. She's been told she's going to conceive the Savior. And this is her song. And it, it lists the ways that God comes to the lowest, to the forgotten, to the outcast, to the left out, to the overlooked. I mean, it was so clear from the very beginning that Jesus wanted to see us be people of compassion and concern. I see a loss of that in our world, in our, in our country There's a danger in ignoring the needy and the hurting. And it's not just not ignoring. Jesus wants us to find life-giving ways to help, holistic ways to help, thoughtful ways to help. Well, again, in the Gospels, Jesus sometimes speaks directly to someone. Sometimes He directly commends someone. Sometimes He directly calls someone out. I mean... uh, this idea that Jesus is just meek and mild and that's all is, is not, not accurate. Sometimes Jesus is so strongly defends those who are the weakest, those who are struggling the most in a society that certainly wanted to overlook them. But Jesus, in my mind, He was continuing to call us to help, to do something. And so here, particularly in Mary's song, we see the very beginning of Luke, he sets this stage for what he's going to be about. All people. Pharisee who's a religious, hyper-religious person who's got it wrong. 
um, a tax collector who's despised by society, to those that were pushed to the edges of life. Jesus told these stories, so ordinary, these the parables, so ordinary everyday people could say, wow, where am I in this? Here's the thing about a parable. It, it has to sneak up on you. You know, you don't preach verse by verse on a parable because it destroys it. It's about a story. And that's exactly what happened in this story. It snuck up on me. I mean, John called me a week ago Friday and asked me if I'd preach today. And I said, I'd be honored to anything I can do to help. I'll be glad to do it. And he texted me the scripture. And I gave it a quick read on Friday. And and here's the verse that stuck out to me when I read it. It's verse 11 of chapter 14. I think it'll be on the screen. I'll read it whether it's on the screen or not. Luke 14, 11 says this. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Read it with me. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. So if we exalt ourselves. Now here's our, here was my kind of stumbling block. I don't use the, I don't use the word like, who goes around saying, I think I'm going to exalt myself. Right? So, so you can kind of read it and go, well, this story isn't really for me. I don't do that. But, In my praying over this, I thought of some subtle ways. You don't have to raise your hand during this time. Some subtle ways that I think we exalt ourselves, and we probably would be helpful to look at that. It was interesting when I went to the potluck, I kind of had this verse in mind. And I didn't, I wasn't as astute as Jesus. You know, it says Jesus was really paying attention to what people were doing at the big banquet. But because I ended up at the back of the line, I do think some people were very stealthy about getting in front of me. I don't know that for sure. I might be judging them. Ways that we may exalt ourselves. Let me mention a couple. One is by being hypercritical of others. Gosh, this is a world of who can we criticize next? How can we build someone up to tear them down? And we can do it in every area of life. You know, as a parent, we see someone else parent, we go, I don't know, I wouldn't have said that. Um, You know, and yet maybe we don't know their situation. You know, I got to thinking about things my parents used to say, uh, not mean things, but little sayings like, but I had no idea what it meant. Like I'd be acting out and my dad would say, don't get too big for your britches. First of all, I have no idea what britches were. Anybody else heard that saying? You had that? Had that said? All right. I could name others and you go, yeah, I probably heard that. And, and. When we started our parenting, I was like, I got a list of things I'm not going to say to my kids. And then I'd get upset and I'd say one of them. There's my dad right there. Just came out of me. Didn't know it was going to happen. We can just be hypercritical in so many different ways. And um, evaluating things, uh, being honest, really important. But just to criticize for the sake of criticizing because what we're doing is in some ways, building ourselves up by tearing other people down. A second thing we sometimes do is what I call image management. You know what image management is? It's like trying to make ourselves look better than we really are. It's it's a dangerous thing, and yet it can slip into your life so easily. Um, To to think, well, I'm, you know, in our own thoughts, I'm probably the smartest person in the room. Or, um, I'm pretty spiritual and make ourselves out, use the right language to make ourselves out. One of my issues is I think I'm funny. And it's a problem. 
It really is. You laugh at me. I feel better. But have you ever said something that as soon as it came out, before it even got all the way out of your mouth, you wanted to, take, you wanted to get it back? Could you raise your hand? I just had one hand right. Okay, all right, we got all human beings here. Okay, that's good. All right, my wife and I were um, living in Bowling Green at the time, a church we served over 20 years, and we were walking along. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was, it was early summer. It wasn't real hot yet, and, you know, we were, we were just, you know, we'd been inside. There's an inside part, and we were going out to the outside part, and we just, I just took her hand for a minute, you know, just wasn't really holding hands, but just took her hand for a moment. Just to say, hey, honey, you know, don't forget I'm a great husband. You know, something like that, something humble. And we, we were, just walked a short distance to the next kind of stand there. And there was a couple behind us. I didn't know them. And I let go of her hand, and she was walking over to look at someone's produce. And the lady, sweet lady behind us, uh, said to me, said, you all look like just you're a really sweet couple. And that was a nice thing to say. But here's what came out of my mouth. Don't tell her about my other wife. I'm serious, folks. I know. I need to get on the altar today. I know it. And she was such a woman of moral character. You know what she did? She slapped my face. I'm serious. Turned my head. And then the moment she did it, she panicked. Because it was like, I think she led up on it toward the end because I didn't have a red mark. But she was just dying over me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, ma'am, I deserved every bit of it. I'm sure you don't get yourself in those situations. But we get ourselves in trouble sometimes, don't we? Hypercritical, image management. But I think one of the biggest ones in general is comparing ourselves to other people. Because in comparing ourselves to others, what we're doing is we're sucking the joy out of our own life. And again, it's, it's just so easy to do. It's tricky. It's a tricky thing. Because we can try and build ourselves up by being critical, or we can see someone else and compare ourselves and feel terrible about ourselves. But let me, let me get to where I'm going. As followers of Jesus, we're called to live as those who have been set free to live our lives before God without concern in the eyes of others. That is a great challenge to say, my identity, I'm not going to let someone else steal my identity. I'm going to be God who you created me to be. And so to have that freedom in your life to where you're not, you know, trying to keep a bunch of rules, where you're not trying to analyze everything you might say because like me, you might stick your foot in your mouth sometimes. The freedom to be yourself. I like the message paraphrase of this passage. It's of 11 and 12 in chapter 14. Um, it says this. Eugene Peterson writes it this way. What I'm saying is if you w walk around all high and mighty, you're going to fall flat on your face. But if you're content to simply be yourself, you will become more of yourself. Now, that's not some pop psychology. That's saying that our identity is in that we are eternally loved by God. And as His followers, the real goal is to grow deeper in our faith so that we're less influenced by those things and more influenced by His presence, His Spirit at work in us. That's the goal. It's a powerful thing. I titled the sermon, Downward Mobility, 
Because it's so typical to want to run faster, jump higher, get up the ladder. Those aren't bad things in and of themselves. To be motivated, to be ambitious, but too ambitious is dangerous. And so somehow it is to be fully alive in Christ. So we're not looking at what others have or don't have, or we're not longing to be recognized. We're not trying harder and harder and harder, trying to move upward when Jesus moved in a different direction. And I want to close with this. Um, on Father's Day was the last time I preached here. As a matter of fact, it was the last time I preached in a good while. And after today, you understand why. Um, but my three grandsons were here. That was really, really cool. Four, eight, and ten. That's why I moved to Lexington. And my wife was in the very, very back on the floor with our four-year-old trying to keep our four-year-old, you know, from running up here and grabbing me or doing who knows what. And um, finally she noticed he, he was pointing at something. He was getting restless. And he was, he was acting like he was going to get up and... Uh, and move, actually, like come forward. And so he's looking up here. And this, this wooden cross wasn't here. He was looking up here, and he said to my wife, whose uh, grandparent name is Happy. Is that a great grandparent name or what? I know. I know. It's, it's not, we haven't branded it. You can use it. But anyway. Um, he said, Happy, I'm going up there and get that trophy. And she realized he was talking about this brass cross. Now, he has older brothers. And even at four, he's thinking, how can I get the biggest trophy in the house? Right? He was getting ready to come up and grab a hold of it while I was preaching. And she pulls him back. And she explains to him, this is Jesus' trophy. <laughs> We're going to come to the table in just a moment in our seats, but we're going to take Holy Communion. This, this ordinary, in a way, kind of thing that is made special by the fact that the resurrected Jesus, as He joined those two persons on the road to Emmaus, joins us in a, in a powerful way. It's not just a ritual. Something else, is, more is going on when we come to this table than we realize. But first I want to read this text. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind as Christ. Now remember, Jesus was up, He came down. In your relationships, have the same mind. Who being in the very nature of God, did not consider, did not consider equality with God something to use to His own advantage. Rather, He made Himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death on a cross. The text goes on to say, therefore God exalted him. And when we humble ourselves, we find that true for us as well. Humble doesn't mean beat yourself up, feel bad about yourself. It means recognize that God's at work in the flow of your life. None of it's 
you know, just normal life and the other sacred parts when I come to church, it's all sacred. And God wants to work in us to grow us deeper, to take us not just up one day, but to take us down to the things that really matter in life. If you have a communion cup, I don't know if anybody needs one. Does anybody need a communion cup? I don't know. Um, but these are, these are pesky, pesky little things, so I know it doesn't look like a feast, but it is a spiritual feast. <laughs> and uh, so you're, you're going to take the top off there and get the little piece of bread. You know, what I love about this whole flow of just the scripture I've been in is I'm remind, I was reminded that communion is not just about the cross, it is. But on the Maus Road, we're told that it's also about the resurrection. It's about Jesus' whole life. His sacrifice, but His empowering of us in life. And so, today, we take the body of Christ. More than a symbol, but yet a symbol, but more as His Holy Spirit works in us. No one's ever worthy to do this. You don't get yourself worthy. We don't do it because we're good enough. We do it because we need Christ. The body of Christ broken for you. And Jesus told us that this juice reminds us that Christ poured out His blood, laid down His life freely, could have called down the angels of heaven, overcome Rome, freed Himself, but he made a choice. And so we make choices every day. May this strengthen you to choose to go down rather than just up. In the name of Christ. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you because you never let us go. You never give up. Help us to be willing to give of ourselves without seeking reward, but simply to love others, especially those who feel so low that they may be raised up. In your name. Amen.
drink wine together on our knees. And let us drink wine together on our knees. And when I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, oh Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. you to stand with us. Let us praise God together on our knees. Let us praise God together on our knees. And when I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, oh Lord, mercy on me and oh Lord have mercy on me let us praise God together on our knees and let us praise God together on our knees and when I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun oh Lord have mercy on me and oh Lord have mercy on me Amen. Thank you, Rick, so much for the invitation this week to look down, to look up, and to invite Jesus to take us on the path that he himself has walked. I invite you to prepare yourself to receive the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace.